welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Morning, everybody. Great to see you all. How's everybody doing? Enjoying the heat? Should we have a hands up for hot weather? A smattering. Hands up for cold weather. Yeah, okay. I've, got a, I've just got a, uh, I've got a two-month-old um, little boy, and he, uh, he did not have a t- great time last night. It was, it was pretty painful, but uh, he's, he's all good. So welcome. Um, as, as has been said, my name's John, and I'm the worship pastor here. I'm also a site pastor for our evening service um, in the city centre site. And uh, today we're going to be continuing our series on uh, Proverbs, and we've only just got a few weeks left, and uh, today we're going to be looking at relationships. Now, to set the scene, we're going to play a quick game. Who likes a game? There's another hands-up moment. Um, we're going to hit, on the slide, on the, on the screen rather, there's going to be a, a slide of all the different relationships that we might have in our lives, and I'd love to invite you to do a quick analysis um, of, of, of how many of those would apply to you, okay? If you look down that list, how many of those relationships do you have in your life? And then we're going to, um, so if, you, if one of those things applies to you, why don't you put your hand up? If any one of those things, so unless you're an alien or have come from heaven straight or whatever, you'll have some parents. So that's, <laughs> um, but then, and okay, two, any two, two of those things, three of those things, four, five, six, any more than, lots more than six. Great. You, you're all clearly more sociable than I am then. That's great. Okay, well, um, as, as we go through today, try and keep those relationships in your mind. You know, um, pet your parents, siblings, colleagues, neighbours. Try and keep those in your mind as we go through today and, th- and think about how the wisdom that Proverbs has might apply to you. So Proverbs has so much wisdom on a, a bunch of different relationships. Um, so there's some specific wisdom for specific relationships. Like um, for those of you who are neighbours here, uh, Proverbs 25:17 says this, seldom set foot in your neighbour's house too much of you, and they will hate you. <laughs> Proverbs 27:14. I, th- I think this one's particularly, uh, particularly relevant. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. <laughs> Some of you are like, amen to that. Um, or how about um, with regards to your parents? So Proverbs 30, verse 17 says, The eye that mocks a father that scorns an aged mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley will be eaten by the vultures. And then Proverbs 1 verse 8, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. With spouses, um, it talks about uh, in Proverbs 5, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always, may you ever be intoxicated with her love. And Proverbs 12, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. And then lastly, for friendships, Proverbs 27, it says, I think this is quite nice, really lovely worded, perfume and incense brings joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Isn't that nice? And then Proverbs 27, again, later on, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So there are some individual, specific wisdom for specific relationships, but there are also three general principles that Proverbs talks about um, with regards to relationship, which we're going to be covering today. And they are uh, to choose carefully, to be reliable, and to exercise grace. Choose carefully, be reliable, exercise grace. And just as we start today, I want to acknowledge that for some of us, well, for all of us in the room, you know, relationships can be tricky, can't they? I'm sure we've all at some point experienced relationships at their best in our lives, people being really close to us. And I'm sure we've also 
experience relationships not being so good in our lives. And that can be a really difficult place to be. So let's just, let's just pray before we enter in and then we can, then we can continue. So Lord Jesus, we, we just invite you. We thank you that you give us wisdom to learn how to deal with many different relationships and many different topics. Would you minister to our hearts today? Help us to hear your voice. And if there's a point of pain for us, would you help us to give that to you? And would you comfort us and help us to move forward? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, we must choose carefully. Now, obviously, we don't get to choose a lot of our relationships. Looking at that list from earlier, um, we don't get to choose our family. We don't get to choose our neighbours. We don't really even get to choose our colleagues. Um, but one thing that Proverbs is clear about is that those that we can choose, we can choose to invite into deeper levels of friendship. And that shouldn't just be everyone. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Let's unpack that a little. Walk with the wise. What does that mean? Well, <clears throat> a little over a year ago, um, my wife and I moved into our house um, by the Edgebaston Reservoir, and it's, uh, we, that, that place has been such a blessing to us. It's just a, so, so life-giving to be able to go there and walk around and walk with other people. We've loved the opportunity to walk with family. We've loved walking with friends. And sometimes I even just walk by myself and just spiritually walk with Jesus. But when we all go on a, walk, on a walk with someone, it's not just about the destination, is it? In fact, the reservoir that we walk around is a loop, so we don't actually get anywhere. We just go back to the same place that we started. We haven't actually travelled to a different place. And that's because the goal of walking with someone is not just the destination, but it's about connecting with the person along the way. And this is the, this is the meaning that the Bible talks about when it talks about walking. So the Hebrew word for walk implies relationship, connection, intimacy, companionship. It's what it talks about in, um, in Genesis when Enoch walked with God or um, in, in uh, Jesus walking with the two disciples after he'd been raised. He walks along the road to Emmaus. And it's not just referring to traveling somewhere, but to journeying deeper in a relationship. So Proverbs is saying that we should not just travel to places with people, walk with the wise. That's not, it's not just meaning go somewhere with them, but rather we should seek, seek out deeper relationship and companionship with wise people to walk through life with, that we might glean some of their wisdom from them. And Proverbs warns us, what did it say? It said, those who don't, those who don't, don't will be a companion of fools and suffer harm. So let me ask you, are your best friends the best friends for you? Are your best friends the best friends for you? You might be thinking, well, actually, my friends are very smart, so they're definitely not fools. Um, but when Proverbs talks about uh, fools, it doesn't just mean, it's not just talking about intelligence, it's talking about um, people that don't listen to correction, people that follow human desires, people that are gullible, reckless and careless, or people who talk too much or slander others, and so on and so on and so on we will suffer harm from the clumsy and insensitive nature of what Proverbs describes as fools. But we'll also suffer harm because we'll start to become like them. Again, Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 24 to 25 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. We may learn their ways. If our friends you know, gossip or get angry or judge others, 
then we'll start to just accept those things as normal in our lives and even begin to adopt them into our own being. You know, when, with our friends, we invite them into the deepest places of us, don't we? Right into our souls where we, where we give them our fears and our biggest dreams and they can see all these things. And so we need to really be careful that these people aren't polluting us, making us worse people, worse employees, worse friends to other people and worse disciples. Now, what I'm not saying, please hear me on this, what I'm not saying is that we should just strike off anyone who isn't beneficial for us to be friends with. Obviously not. Those people, all people still need love and friendship. But you might recognize that there are some people in your life that you might want to be cautious about deepening your relationship with. For example, we need, we need to um, be friends with people who don't yet know Jesus. We need to be reaching out and befriending them and the poor and the outcast as well. And even Christians who have attitudes of the fool that Proverbs talks about. But we can't expect to have deep, godly, life-giving friendships with these people if they're going to take us away from God. So who might that company be that you need to seek out? Who in your world is wise? Or think of it another way. Who in your world would you like on the advisory board of your life? If you think about a board of 15 people trying to work out the direction for your life, who would you want on that board to, to guide you? How could you build a better friendship with that person? Why not just shoot them a message? You could even do it right now if you wanted. I won't be offended if you get your phone out. Shoot them a message and say, hey, I'm, I really value your friendship and I want to, can, can, we, can we meet up and chat? So we talked about being careful, okay? We talked about that with, with who we choose to invite into, deep, deep, into the deepest places of ourselves. Proverbs also tells us to be reliable. In the first half of Proverbs 18.24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. And Proverbs 17.17 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I'm sure that we can all think of times when we've been through adversity. A situation where maybe we had a struggle or circumstances came against us and it was just a really difficult time and, and then, but, but by the grace of God and through the people around us, we managed to get through that and we're here today. Maybe even you might want to just cast your mind back to the past two years, if you can bear to do that, to COVID and, and, and all the support that you saw, neighbor, neighbors uh, supporting each other, being reliable for each other when, it, when each other needed help. Perhaps you've gone through or are going through a really difficult time right now and, uh, and you, you feel like you're lacking those reliable friends. And that's a really hard place. But as we said earlier, small groups are a great place to find some really reliable friends that we can do life with. And there are many people here who'd love to come alongside you. So Proverbs encourages us, encourages us that whether to friends or family or to neighbours or any, anyone else, any other of our relationships, we can love and be present to those who are in a period of adversity. In fact, it's not just a nice thing to do, it's part of our ultimate destiny, the, 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 the created order, if you like. Proverbs 17, 17, we just read it, what did it say? It, said, it says, is born for a time of adversity. We were made, we were born to support each other in struggle. So if you think through your friends, think through your different friendships or your, with your family or with your neighbours, how could you be reliable in your relationships to them? In their time of difficulty, how could you support them? It might be uh, providing friends with food or helping them financially. It might just be listening to them and hearing their grievances and, and just allowing them to talk and process. Or it might even just be just sitting with them in quiet while they 
um, grieve or mourn or just, you know, sometimes that, that companionship, you don't just even say anything, you can just need to be in the same room. But there's another way that um, Proverbs tells us that we can be reliable, and that is through telling the truth, which is a bit of a, oh dear, telling the truth. Proverbs 27 again says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Isn't that interesting? An enemy multiplies kisses. Telling the truth and and helping our friends see things about them that they can't see is an essential piece of friendship. Tim Keller, who's an author in the States, says this, get this, I, I thought this was remarkable. The most unloving thing that we could do is to let someone keep going in the wrong direction. The most unloving thing that we could do is to let someone keep going in the wrong direction. Of course, we must do this with extreme grace and sensitivity and caution. And we must only do this with the friends that we have that level of trust and relationship with. I think, I think we all know this. If I went around saying to someone, that shirt does not suit you, or that hairstyle is really not doing you any favours, that's probably not going to be a great way to build a relationship, is it? We need that common ground of love, of trust, and to know that the other person wants the best for you. There needs to be that level of relationship. But if we do have that level of relationship with someone and yet withhold the truth from them, we're just multiplying kisses. We're saying, everything's great. You don't have to worry about anything. You're all good. And that's what Proverbs describes as multiplying kisses. And it tells us, Proverbs tells us is a trait of an enemy. Now, obviously, it might not just be about the shirt that they're wearing or the hairdo. It could be about, hey, are you aware that in these pressure situations you come across as, hmm? Or, hey, I just saw you talk to that person, but I think actually that they might have been a bit upset about how you did that. Do you see some of those ways that we can catch each other and help steer each other in the right direction? The other part of this is that we must listen. <laughs> we must listen to the truth that people want to say to us. It can be very easy to speak the truth in love. It's much more difficult to hear the truth <laughs> spoken in love when it's focused on us. But ultimately, our close friends speak into our lives for our good, even if it hurts to hear it. How could you be a better friend by speaking the truth in love? How could you grow in listening to those people speaking to you? And actually, how about this? How could we invite people to speak into our lives? How could we openly say, hey, I'm blind to some stuff, and I don't know what I'm blind to because I'm blind to it. Help me to see what I can't see. So we talked about choosing carefully. And we've talked about how we need to be reliable. And thirdly, and remember what our third point is? I was already up there on the screen. There you go. Exercise grace. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, Whoever would foster love covers an offence. Whoever would foster love covers an offence. Here's a groundbreaking truth for you. People let us down. Friends, parents, colleagues, children, neighbours, extended family will all let us down and offend us. And to be honest, let's just have an honest moment for for a second. We will probably let all of those people down as well. That's why grace is so important if we are to develop any relationship if we never had grace for one another, we'd just be so offended by everybody and so turned away that we'd just go and like live in like a, by ourselves in the middle of nowhere. 
And good news, guys, that's not the life, that's not the purpose that Jesus has for us. He invites us, he intended for us to live in community. But due to the fallen nature of human beings, we get stuff wrong and we must exercise grace. If someone offends us, we foster love, we create love, we um, steward love by forgiving that person. So a number of years ago, I, um, there was a situation and I just had to forgive someone in my life. There was like a big misunderstanding and it um, kind of blew out of proportion and left me feeling just completely out of confidence. It left me feeling very inadequate um, and I just knew that that relationship was sort of, was in a broken state. And you know, it's one of the, it was one of those things, you know, when you, when you have a situation and it just keeps on playing back in your mind and you're like, oh, I wish I'd have said this, I'd have wished I'd have done that. And it just keeps going round and round and round. And in the end, I knew that I had to forgive that person. So we, we made a time, we sat down, and we discussed what had happened, uh, apologised for the things that we'd both done wrong, and decided to leave in the past everything that went wrong and move forwards together. And actually, it really strengthened our friendship and took it to a whole new level. It can be like a, a tool, you know, a tool goes into fire and it gets heated up and then it gets taken out and bashed around being forged in that heat is a painful process, but a relationship that goes through that process of forgiveness and grace is in the end stronger as a result of a painful process. So forgiving someone means that once you've dealt with it, once you've had that conversation, it's done. It is in the past, it is resolved. That means that you can't keep bringing them up, bringing up that thing to that person when you chat to them. Like, oh, well, three months ago, remember that? You did this thing to me. <laughs> Oh, well, six months ago, look, you did that thing to me. That's not going to work in our, in our relationships, is it? It also means that you shouldn't allow yourself um, you should, to, to keep bringing it up to other people. So, Gavin, I'm just going to pick on you. Let's say we had a falling out, and then I was speaking to Valter and said, Valter, Gavin did this thing to me, and he really annoyed me. And if I, if I keep doing that to everybody, then that process of forgiveness hasn't taken place in my heart. Instead, I say, oh, you know what, actually, Gavin, I forgive you, even though you're a wonderful person, you've not offended me in any way, but if I said that, then, 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 that, then I can, that's like a wall, that's like, that is done. I now don't reference that any longer in my conversations with other people. But it also means not allowing yourself to keep bringing it up in your mind, even, even not in conversation. Just, again, if you keep thinking about it, you probably need to keep forgiving that person. And it, it is a daily choice to not let ourselves dwell in the past. I'm sure we can all appreciate that, I'm sure we've all been there. But instead, we need to release that person from the grievance that we have with them. Now, of course, this isn't easy. <laughs> this is actually really difficult. And it's probably one of the biggest sources of tension for all humankind. But it is essential if we are to foster love in our relationships. And this proverb also, in, in, the second half of this proverb includes an encouragement to change. So the first bit we just read, whoever would foster love covers an offense. We just looked at that bit. After that, it says, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. If we continue to wrong people, especially if we continue to do the same wrong things, we will break the relationships that we've worked so hard to craft in our lives. We must move towards the person that we've wronged and say, hey, look, I'm really sorry. It's on us as people who've wronged others, to take the first step. 
apologize to them, and if, if they're willing and if it's appropriate, be reconciled to them and move forwards together. There might be some of you here in this room tonight, uh, to, to, tonight, today, oh, you can tell I'm an evening service pastor, can't you? There might be some of you in this room today who you just know that there are some patterns of behavior or some things that you keep slipping into um, that mean that are, are, are repeating and are just stopping your relationships from growing any further. And you know, what was the first song we sang? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and the spirit of God is here. And so if there's anything that's like, if it's like, maybe it's just anger, or maybe it's judgment, or maybe you went through something and you keep defaulting to a particular emotion, or maybe there's a habit in your life, any of those things can be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit who is here today. We'd love to encourage you to, to get prayer um, at the end of our service. So as we come into land, the words that you've wanted to hear, uh, there is one more lesson that Proverbs gives us in relationships that I think is just super important to cover and wouldn't be doing it justice if we just skip past it. It's a part that encourages us that there is a friend who will never let us go and never let us down. And it's not that, um, what's that song? Never going to give you up? Rick Astley, is that what it's called? <laughs> just Rick rolled you all, there you go. Um, I'm not going to sing it. Um, but So we looked at Proverbs 18 verse 24 earlier and the second half of that says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we see in the New Testament that this friend is Jesus. Jesus, who um, when, his, when he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray in the moment of his deepest anguish, he goes off to pray and what do his friends do? They fall asleep. Jesus, whose own friends let him down, all those things happened, and we've let him down as well. But despite all that, he still went to the cross to set them free from that, those patterns of wrong behavior that we were just talking about. Jesus took, him, took on himself the punishment that we deserve for all the wrong things that we've done in our lives. And he, laid, laid, he loved us so much that he laid down his love for us. And now he says to each one of you, I have called you friends. I have called you friends. And Jesus is the ultimate friend. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to give you up. He will never disappoint you. Unlike those human friends who've maybe hurt you in the past, he lives and works and is perfectly and is perfect in all of his ways. So when it's hard to love your spouse, Jesus is with you. When it's hard to forgive your parents or your friends, Jesus is with you. He forgives us and in doing so gives us the freedom to forgive those who have hurt us. Or maybe when you're feeling lonely and like everyone else has let, us, let you down, Jesus is with you. Because he has proved that from nothing can separate, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. He has proved it by raising to life again. And I, you know, if there are any, of, any one of those relate to your situation right now, we would love to pray with you in just a second. We're here to be community and partner with each other. For others of you, maybe it's your first time hearing about Jesus and you want that level of friendship um, of somebody who sticks closer than a brother. And to do that, all you need to do is acknowledge the wrong things you've done, ask him to help you live in his way. He has died and risen again to break the power of the wrong things we've done. And so now we are free to live and love and walk with him. 
So we're going to spend a time um, of worship. And just as we do, I'd love to encourage you to just, um, firstly, you might want to just thank God. Thank Jesus for who he is, that he is the friend that will never let you down. He has gone through thick and thin, death and life, to be close to you as a friend. And he now calls you a friend. What a privilege that is. So we can, we can thank him by saying that. And then we can respond by bringing him our relationships and saying, okay, Jesus, this one, this relationship is, is going really well. Thank you. This relationship is not doing great. Please help me. Come and speak. And you, may, you might even just encounter the God of forgiveness as we worship as well. So why don't we just stand together and um, I'm just going to, we just might just, as we yeah, stand up, stand up. And we might just wait for just a second while the music just starts in the background and we can just start to focus ourselves on Jesus again. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.